So I'm going to ask this question and I'm going to preface it with uh, a conversation starting with Lene, because um, in addition to doing cultures, and again, this isn't a religious podcast, but I I know Sonia and Sarah from going to church with them uh, in Cross Current and Melissa, Rachel, and Lene, we all go to church together. Well, Rachel used to before she bought a farm. Um, bought a farm, not bought the farm. Totally different phrase. But um, so Lene knows this. Her children come to, to, to Crossroads and, you know, they're, everyone there knows them. Like everyone accepts them, nods them. Um, so it's kind of normal and common. And you can speak to this for her children to like be brought to church. That's just a part of how you're raising them. I don't know what you guys do at home. You know, if you read Bible stories or all that stuff, but would you say that's a normal part of like your children's life, church life, being exposed to that? Yes, it definitely is. We've been taking them since they were born. When I was little, I went every week also, just how we always did it. Yeah. So um, that's normal for her. But for you guys, when you're bringing other people, in addition to cultures, uh, in addition to, you know, you learning about theirs and them learning about yours, has there been, and maybe there hasn't, has there been difficulty in, like, exposing them to your faith or you learning about their faith? Um, Have you guys kind of walked through and and handled that? Or maybe it hasn't been an issue at all. Well. I, I definitely have had children who came from different religions. Um, I had um, one a, a couple of years ago who um, came from a different country and his family of origin was Muslim. And so, you know, we were just like, okay, you know, how do we honor that? How do we follow that? Do you want or not want to go to church with us? Um, this is where we attend. This is what we do. Um, happy to you know discuss whatever it is that would be comfortable um to you and he was like oh no it's fine i'll do my thing at home and i'll go with you guys and hang out with whoever you're with and there's no problem and his family didn't have a problem and he didn't have a problem so even though he didn't believe as we believed um we both just respected each other and and proceeded um, and so I've never really had a huge conflict there. Um, I've had children who just who didn't grow up with any religion, who um, didn't particularly want to attend church services. And so they didn't. And we made other arrangements for them. Um, and yeah, it's just I think for in our household, it's just been about figuring out what works for each individual child who comes through the doors and just being as accommodating um, and respectful of that as we can be. I think it's 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 great that you use the word honor to honor their faith, um, and that you asked them. It wasn't, "Hey, you're in my house. You're going where we go. You're going to believe what we believe," and that you were willing to dialogue with them and say, "Help us learn about you know your faith, and we'll 
if you're willing, you can come learn about ours. Because a lot, I, I I talk to a parent who, um, she's the pastor's wife, and they they foster children, um, and she, you know, they like me, they live five feet from the church, so they go there several times a week, not just Sunday. Uh, and she got a lot of criticism from people because they said she was forcing them to go and she had to make it crystal clear because uh, she was making videos about it on social media to advocate for fostering. But she was also, here's my life. I'm a pastor's wife. This is what we do. Uh, but she also had to make it clear. We don't force them to go. We ask them to go. We make it clear that this is who we are. It's a part of who we are. Uh, just like this is the type of food we eat. This is what we believe. This is what we do. This is how we worship the God we believe in. And you're welcome to come. And they did the same thing. They were like, if you're not going to come, we'll make other arrangements for you uh, so that you're taken care of and, and all that stuff while we're across the street, you know, doing church stuff. So that's and Sonia, I don't know if that um, played into your situation at all. Um, yeah, because my both my girls were young you know, when they came. Um, but I, you know, the one thing I would say is, um, again, I mean, you've said this isn't a religious podcast, so, um, you know, I won't try to get too, um, preachy or anything, but I do think, you know, these kids who have no family, no home, um, nothing they belong to, there is an enemy and, um, he counts those kids as his and he gets really mad <laughs> um, when we step into that space and bring the light of God and the love of God into their lives. And um, so there is, there is a spiritual battle and, um, and you feel that in your home. Um, and so part of, part of being called to, um, you know, be a part of another kid's story is you got to be committed to pray. <laughs> and I'm, that's the one thing I've learned through this. Like you have to be on your knees every day. And um, both of our girls have chosen to um, make our faith theirs as well. And um, and their story and it's um, both of them are just very passionate. And I think you know, that's something when you come from a hard place, when you do find that healing in a faith, um, it means something. I, th I think sometimes a little bit deeper, you know, than when you haven't had to struggle. And yes, that all true, agree 100%. And yes, this isn't a religious podcast, but I think I saw Rachel nodding her head the whole time. So I'm going to ask Rachel to kind of share some thoughts on that because we've often said this isn't a religious podcast, but it's who we are as, as Christians. It's what we do. And especially as moms, it's a huge part of at least their life and your lives as well. Right. I, I couldn't agree more because we are trying to raise disciples and, and this, these kids, you see it. You see it all across. Well, I mean, you see it everywhere. They're just lost. And if you can share that that hope with them, what a difference, what a difference you can make. And I had to laugh too, because I just said last night, you know, because the kids, 
did this, um, our church does a master's club on Wednesdays and, and, you know, cause I, I was born and raised Baptist and, you know, we're going to a Baptist church and I said, it's so nice to yell at other kids again, because the, uh, it's so nice <laughs> to kind of structure them because a lot of people are, don't take the time to kind of say like, this is right. This is wrong. You should do this. You should do that. And I think Baptists are just kind of more tell it like it is kind of people. And uh, yeah, sometimes you end up yelling. Sometimes you don't, but uh, they know they're loved. They know God loves them. And that's what we should be sharing with the world. So. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to wind us down with this, this question because Sarah and I were talking about, well, uh, Melissa, Rachel and Lene and I have had this conversation before, like what can moms do to, to rest, to detox, to unwind. Uh, I was telling Sarah, mom, one of the hardest jobs on the planet, being a mom, being a mom to multiple children, ratchets it up a few notches, even harder. Being a mom to multiple children and adopting or fostering additional children makes it even harder. So uh, what do you guys do to to unwind? What I said to Sarah was, what do you do to stay sane? Um, what do you do to unwind? What do you do so that you don't just like lose it or or go crazy or, or feel like I'm done? Like, what do you do for you to encourage yourself to remain positive so that you can still be, you know, the mom that all of your children need you to be. And I'll start with uh, Sarah. Yeah. So for me, I'm very, very thankful. I have an amazing supportive um, husband and partner in all of this insanity. Um, so he and I take turns. One of the big things we do is we just make sure, you know, we can tag out, we can tag in, right. We got it. We got to have our, our respite time throughout every day. But um, I'll also say there um, there's an organization called a mother's rest um, and there's inns all over the country where mothers of special needs, children, adopted children, uh, mothers who need a break can go for weekends um, at a very low um, cost. I think it's $60 for the whole weekend usually um, at one of their uh, main inns. And then there's other inns that partner with them throughout the country and just take a weekend to be around other moms and just rest. There's no agendas. Um, it's just um, taking time to remember who you are and be centered and um, I think that that's really really important when there's the little things right read a book take a break go for a walk um, you know take a bath go to the gym right all of these things just savoring a cup of coffee um, or taking a minute to just breathe um, are big but um, it's also important to take regular real quality time with yourself and uh remember who you are um as a person outside of being mom 
So I, I, that's awesome. Um, and I was I was telling Sarah before we started that if I were a billionaire, I would invest in that so that every mom on the planet would be able to go and just veg and just spend the weekend napping if they wanted, or, you know, as we say on this podcast, uh, take the 20 minute poop if you need to, without having to lock the door and kids banging on the door saying, I need, I need, I need, uh, I would, I would pour into that. Um, not cause it would give a great financial return just because it's needed. Uh, that is a phenomenal thing. And we're going to promote that as much as possible for those moms who are in those situations with special needs kids or foster kids or whatever the situation uh, so that they can go find them and take the rest. Okay. Um, Sonia, what, what, I mean, is there something special that you do to just woosah to, <laughs> to take time for yourself? Yeah. Um, I'm not good at that naturally. Um, and, um, I've got kids in every season of life from preschool up to college right now, um, multiple kids with special needs, both seen and unseen. Um, we are, a you know, a international family and, um, just a lot going on all the time. Um, but one thing that I have been learning recently is, um, you know, there's a lot of things in life you can delegate to other people, but rest is not one of them. Rest is something you have to take for yourself. And um, so finding those other things that you can delegate to other people um, and to let go of and to find um, whether, you know, people in my home or people outside of my home that I can say, hey, um, you know, even asking a friend, Hey, can you take this kid to this other thing? <laughs> because I just need like 30 minutes to catch my breath. Um, so, you know, it's, it's being humble as some of it, recognizing I can't do everything, um, that I do need other people. Like Sarah said, um, you know, in our home, my husband, and I were definitely a team, um, I, there's no way I could do this without him. So, um, helping each other through that, um, and then creating a system, whether it's blood relatives or just family that you make out of your friends or whatever that are gonna, you're gonna come and be community together. Um, I really think that's, that's huge for finding rest is being in community with other moms, um, I, I, I love being around other people. So if I can find another mom to talk with that gets my life on some level, that to me is restful um, when you feel like you're not alone in this. And, um, you know, but it can be little things. It doesn't have to be, you know, some big, huge thing for me. Um, like if I can get outside on my deck in the morning, before my kids wake up and just stand in the sun for like five minutes, I'm good. You know, <laughs> I just need that time to take a breath, to say a prayer, um, to hear my own thoughts, right? Moms, like, you know, like to hear your own brain working sometimes, <laughs> you just need a moment of quiet um, to center yourself. And I, I, I like daily reminding myself that all of those things are good and they're going to make me a better mom 
it's not being selfish and um and I think you know too as I've learned along the way like I said I'm I'm a doer I like you know my younger years, I used to say sleeping was a waste of time. Like I just like, let's get on with this. Um, but realizing even too, for my kids, I want to set that example so that they see how important rest is. So when I tell them mom is going to go and go for a walk, or I'm going to sit and exercise, or I'm going to read a book for 20 minutes or I'm doing whatever it is that is your thing, work in the garden, I, whatever it is, paint something um, that it, you're not telling your kids, you're not denying them anything. You're actually creating a great life skill for them so they can see when they grow up that it's important for them to do those same things. Like I want, I want my kids when they grow up to take time of rest to build into themselves so you know, that they'll be healthy adults. Uh, that That is so true. I mean, God thought it was so important that he made a mandate that <laughs> we should take some time to rest. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to end by asking uh, each Sonia and Sarah um, to share. If there is a mom out there who's listening right now, um, could be a dad too, but you know, it was the mom's podcast who's listening right now, who's thinking about either adopting or fostering, but they're hesitant because there is a lot of unknown for some, there's just, you know, fear like, Oh, I don't know what I'm getting into. Um, here is your opportunity to share from the heart what you feel might help that mom who's hesitant or fearful. So, uh, Sarah. Well, um, I'm going to be honest and say it's probably the hardest thing that you can possibly do. And hold on. I'm going to ask you to say that again in case they didn't get it. Cause I think a lot of people need to hear that part of it as well. Say that again. Yeah. It's the hardest thing, um, that you'll probably ever do. Um, and I don't want anyone to think going into this, that it's not going to be incredibly challenging, um, because even an infant adoption right from the hospital, there's incredible loss that happens for the biological mother and for that child even in an open adoption, there's separation, there's loss, there's trauma right from the get-go. Um, but it is also the absolute most rewarding and amazing experience you could ever have to be able to be there for somebody. I would say even especially um, not that there's anything wrong with an infant adoption and there's definitely a need and it's a wonderful thing, but I would even say, especially for an older adoption, a teenage adoption. Um, wow. I had, when I took in my daughter, we adopted at 17, um, the first three years, every day she said, this is great. I wonder how long it will last. Three years, 
of saying that. And then finally, three years later, she looks at me and she says, I think you might have really meant it. I'm going to be in your family forever, aren't I? You're going to be my mom. I can come home for holidays. You're going to care about my children. We're a family. And it was the best moment of my entire life. Just to see her finally feel connected and safe and cared for for the first time in her entire life. Um, There's just nothing better than that. And now she's married and she has my first grandchild and she argues with her every morning on the way to daycare when she says, Buela, Buela, Buela's house. And her mom's like, no, we're going to daycare. And it's just the best thing in the world. I'm so connected to her and her daughter and her husband. And um, wow, teenage adoption. Three years, she really pushed back. But once she believed me, um, I, I couldn't feel more like she was born to me, that she's my biological daughter. I, I don't think there's anything that could make her feel closer to me um, than having gone through the fire together of those teenage times, showing her that we mean it, and then coming out the other side. Um, so I would say, do it. I would say even the foster children we had um, who were only here for months or days or weeks, um, they impacted our lives in such positive ways, even when it was incredibly challenging. Um, We learned so much. We grew so much. Um, Some of them are still in our lives today. One of them is in in her, her older 20s. We had her for a year as a teenager. And she and her son still come for weekends regularly. Um, We just have a lifelong connection. And it's incredibly special, incredibly wonderful. And I think that you, you know, anybody and everybody should either be involved directly in fostering, adopting, or just support someone who is fostering and adopting. Because you will be so blessed by just being in the vicinity of that amazing experience it will be life-changing well that that's amazing you made me think of another question um before i go to sonia so you guys integrated them into your family what about like you mentioned you know now being a a grandmother what about your parents and your family how did that because i mean you're not just inviting them you're inviting them into your house but you're also inviting them into your family uh, and, you know, it's kind of like when you got married, you had to integrate families, but now grandparents and all that stuff, was that a process or? Yeah, um, my parents fostered and adopted my whole childhood. No problem. 100% accepted. My in-laws had two children seven years apart, and they believe people should have one or two children biologically. Um, and so it was a challenge for them. Um as we had, you know, more and more children through the years, um, and they were adopted and fostered and all of that, uh, it was a challenge for them for for some years to understand why we chose to raise our family and grow our family that way. But um, they they came around. They started to see, 
oh, these are your children. They started to see, oh, they're, they're wonderful. They're such a blessing. They're, you know, just bright and amazing and special. And now they are totally on board. Um, but, you know, this is 20 years later. Um, so it did take some time. Okay, so Sonia, both questions to you. Um, you know, grandparents, expanded family, easy integration, uh, as well as what would you say to the the moms or families that are that are thinking about adoption, but they're kind of hesitant or fearful or they don't know what to expect? Yeah. Um, so we've been pretty blessed. Our extended family has been very accepting. Um, I have other cousins who have adopted, um, and, uh, my mom, especially, um, my kids are very attached to her. They actually prefer her over me. (laughs) Um, and, um, and so, yeah, that's been, um, a great experience and, and then friends who have become like family who have walked with us. Um, through the whole time, we have had some relatives who have not been as accepting. And, you know, that's why I call them relatives, because, you know, family, family is different than the people you're related to. And we've got a lot of family that we're not related to. Um, And in our home for holidays and celebrating our kids and cheering them on. And um, so, yeah, I hope I guess that answers that question. But as far as you know, if you're thinking about doing this um, and you're kind of scared, I would say good because um, if you're going into fostering or adopting and you have no fear, you probably need to think about it some more. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be kind of scary because it's a really big decision. Um, and it's not so much. Um, the other thing I would say, it shouldn't be about you making a family. It's about you becoming a family for somebody who needs one. Um, and so that's just kind of a different perspective where you are, you're giving your family, you're giving your marriage, you're giving your children, you're giving your whole family dynamic for this other child that's coming into your home. And it's a 24 seven commitment. Um, lifelong. And that's what we firmly believed is um, this isn't a, like, if it just works out kind of thing. No, we're, we're a hundred percent in uh, till the day we die. <laughs> um, this is forever. And, um, and it, it's, it is um, amazing and beautiful. I thank God every day that he um, gave us the opportunity to adopt our girls and find them. And, um, out of, I, you know, I tell them out of all the orphans in all the world, God saw you and he put his hand on you. And then he, he took your dad and I, and, um, brought us to find you. And that's just so special to me too, out of all of the families in all the world, God, picked us to be your mom and dad. And that's really amazing. Um, and there, there is something in all of that, um, where you are going to learn so much about yourself, um, things you didn't want to know about yourself. (laughs) Um, but 
things that are good and, um, you know, things that you'll grow, things you never knew about God. I mean, I know so much more about God than I ever would have if I hadn't stepped into this journey. And um, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. Um, you just need a willingness to try. And um, I, you know, when we first got started, I had a friend who would say, look in your car. And if you've got an extra seat belt, then that means you can put somebody else in it. <laughs> um, so just looking in your life and, you know, how can you make room for, for one more um, kid who, who needs a family. And, um, yeah, I, you'll never regret it. I would say that's the other thing. I meet so many people. I've met so many people. So we started this adoption journey now 13 years ago. Um, so in the 13 years we've been, you know, on this and in this world of adoption, um, of having our girls, um, I've met so many people who have said to me, oh, I always wanted to do that. I always thought about that. I always thought I might do that. And I never did. And I wish I would have, but now I'm, you know, 70 or whatever, you know? And, and so, you know, it's, it's something that you, um, if you have that tug in your heart, it's at least worth pursuing to see where that might take you, ask questions, talk to adoptive families like us, talk to um, your county about fostering, whatever that is, but at least take those initial steps and open the doors and see if, um, you know, that might be something that, that you can do because you don't want to get 20 years from now and regret that you never did it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great. I think just asking the questions, like you said, getting the information, talking to other people, or like Sarah said, go and support other families that are already doing it and get in the vicinity and be be part of that village that helps them. Um, so before we go, I'm going to ask Melissa, Rachel, Lene, do either of you, any of you guys have any other questions or thoughts or comments before we end? They're all... I've got nothing. Um... I just want to say, I know that I got my brother and all, but it's amazing what Jins do. And I could not imagine having that many children, mine, fostered, biological, whatever, running around. Y'all, y'all take mom to a whole new level. So I commend Jins. And I, I will echo that. Um, I am, first of all, thank you both so much uh, for coming and sharing your stories and your perspectives and being an encouragement uh, to a segment of moms that most people don't think about or forget about, or they just don't have any awareness of what they go through. And just you taking the time to share your information tonight will hopefully give someone more clarity, encourage someone, or at the most encourage them to be a part of someone else's life that is adopting or fostering. Um, thank you both. So appreciated. And hopefully again, uh, someone will make a decision to open their family and welcomes other people into their family because of what you guys have shared tonight. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. When I awoke, there was no one there to hold. 